Hello, good people. This is Russ McClinton from UrbanHam.com, your place online for the best in people to know, places to go, and things to do. Also, make sure you visit us at UrbanHam.com to get your latest in UrbanHam merch. And don't forget, you can get all the episodes of Intravenous 205 right here with Iva on UrbanHam.com. And Pete Golden. That's who I blame it on. But ultimately... It, it falls back on Nick. Falls back on Nick. He, he's the head man. So, so you saying? So you saying Nick dropped the ball this year? I, I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, I'm saying Nick has gotten a little soft. Yes, I, I'm gonna say it. <laughs> <laughs> he's gotten a little soft. And he kind of let some things slide this year, but I think he's gonna do some self checking during the off season. Uh, I think you're gonna see a different Nick next year. Well, I think he done gone soft, and he gonna stay soft. <laughs> Born the third child of the late, great pastor N.J. Stanley Jr. and Augustine Stanley, Gregory Stanley was born in a legacy of preachers, raised a fourth-generation preacher, and was called to preach at the age of 14. Pastor Stanley ran from his calling for eight years until the Lord spiritually arrested him and told him he would either preach the word or he wouldn't live to see tomorrow. Since his road to Damascus experience, Pastor Stanley has been preaching the gospel for over 25 years. He has served as minister of music, youth pastor, assistant pastor, evangelist, and numerous other positions of service in the church. He began pastoring Victory Tabernacle Church in October of 2010 and has been serving ever since. In June of 2020, Pastor Stanley was appointed as superintendent overseer over seven churches in the Church of God in Christ. His district of churches are the Greater Bessemer District. Pastor Stanley has been married to the beautiful, beautiful Renee Stanley since April 18, 1998, and out of this union, two wonderful sons were born, Preston and Daniel. Pastor Stanley also serves the city of Birmingham for the last 16 years in various roles, roles and currently serves as senior event and alcohol taxing coordinator for the city of Birmingham. Pastor Stanley is a graduate of the Winona High School class of 1992, a graduate of the University of Alabama Extended Learning School, Certified Revenue Officer for the State of Alabama, Bachelor of, Theolog of Theology degree from the Minnesota School of Theology, 
and currently working on a master's degree in theology. He is a lifelong resident of Birmingham, Alabama, and loves serving his community. Pastor Stanley, tell me a joke. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, you know what? I'm going to do this. This is uh, sort of a, no, it's not sort of, it is a true story, but it's a joke. It's a long-standing joke. Okay. Uh, a young boy, he is in uh, class. He goes up to the teacher and says, teacher, look, I got to go to the bathroom. Te- teacher was like, no, because you've been cutting up all day, everything. I, I got to go. And so the teacher says, okay, if you got to go, say your ABCs. And so he says, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. What what are the ABCs? I I forgot them. Uh, He gets to, he goes through all of them. The teacher says, that's good, but you forgot one. You forgot the P. And he said, the P is going down my leg. <laughs> True story, by the way. True, True story. story, by the way. True story. <laughs> that makes it even better. <laughs> now, why did the chicken go to the seance? Why did the chicken go to the seance? I don't know. To get on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, wow. Okay. We're going to kick this off with telling me. Either how we met or your favorite Iva story, funny or fond memory. Oh wow! I, now and this then is I'm something. Return the favor. This is something that I want to talk about. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, I hope I hope I'm not insulting anybody here. I I met a uh, uh, larger Iva. <laughs> <laughs> this is smaller Iva now. <laughs> And, uh, you met Big hey, Pie. Hey, he looks great. Looks great. But I met uh, uh, a larger Iva uh, several years ago at my church. The first time I met him, he was running for Jefferson County Commissioner. Mm-hmm. And I could remember uh, he was standing outside uh, on our front porch at our church. And I was trying to talk to him, but the whole time he was on his phone. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> and I said, I'm going to make sure that he don't get in office. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. And praise God I didn't. <laughs> now, my story returns to the church. Right. Because, and I've said this before, I wasn't ready for office then. Mm-hmm. But when I turned my life around and everybody was waiting to see if it was real or not, mm-hmm. you took the first leap of faith and invited me to your church to speak. Right. Right. Now, I don't profess to be a preacher, but I didn't know that. (laughs) So God moved me in such a way, cleaned me up in such a way, in your eyes, 
to go from somebody that you wanted to be sure wasn't in a leadership position mm-hmm. to telling your church family yeah. that this man really had something to say. Absolutely. And correct. I thank you for that, bro. Oh, man. I, I was, hey, I, I wanted, the first person that we we thought of was Alva Williams. And uh, I knew, I knew you, you had to be the one um, because it reminded me of myself. How? Well, I mean, you, you read the bio, but, you know, the bio kind of doesn't go into everything. But, you know, right. when I was 14, I had a dream, and the dream was I was walking in the church, and I saw this preacher in the pulpit, and he had his back turned to the audience, but he was preaching. I said, that is weird. Mm. And so I decided in the dream, I walked in the choir loft to see the face of this preacher, and it was me. Oh, Uh, And it scared me to death. And um, I, I went over to my grandmother's house the next day and, you know, didn't mention it, didn't say anything. We were sitting there watching TV, and she said, so when are you going to preach? I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> right. <laughs> she said, the Lord has come to you, and he's told you. And I... I think I passed out. I'm not sure. But uh, I, I don't wow. remember anything after that conversation. Um, but I was scheduled to preach my first sermon when I was 14 years old. Mm-hmm. And I can remember leading up to that, I was just scared out of my mind. So I ran away from home. Um, really? I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And so for the next eight years of my life, I literally went down a path where I ended up homeless. I slept right in Lynn Park when they had benches out there. I slept in Lynn Park. Um, I was uh, in and out of jail. And um, I, I just was lost. I was lost. I was Man, I am you, your spirit, your countenance, I never would have guessed all of this. Yeah. Uh a lot of people don't. Uh you know, I I met my wife. I had just gotten out of jail that day and I met my wife. Uh, my ju- my mouth is open <laughs> listening to your story, man. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's a true story, you know. Uh, Please yeah. keep going. You met your wife today. Yeah, I, I met at a at a showboat party. Everybody remember? <laughs> she- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. My cousin came and picked me up, and uh, he had some clothes for me. Combed my hair, went to the showboat party, uh, started dancing with her. And uh, got a, you know, I I got I got her number um, when we were leaving, and she gave I got she got my number. Of course, I gave her my cousin's number because I didn't have a phone. Right, I didn't have anywhere to live. Uh, but she um, 
She picked me up because I didn't have a car. We went on our first date. We we talked for hours, and uh, and I and I, you know, and I for a long time, for about six months, she did not know I was homeless. I would, wow. I would. She would pick me up from various places. You'd always have a yeah. little story, yeah. Yeah, and I always was dressed nice. I was not, you know, right. looking bummy or anything like that. But I didn't have anywhere to live. And one night, I had finally got in the car. I was at her house. I would leave her house, get in the car, and sleep in the alley. And her mother went to work early. And she saw me sleep in the alley. And she said, why are you in the alley? Yeah. And I said, I, I don't have anywhere to live. And she said, you know, why Why didn't you say anything? I, I said, I so I slept on their couch for six months, something like that. Wow. Uh, me and my wife, we got an apartment together um, and... For two years, I did that. We did that. I hadn't talked to my mother or father in five years. They, they didn't know where I was. They, what? They had no idea if I was alive, if I was in jail, if I was, you know, wherever. They didn't know. I had no communication with my family. And uh, my wife is the one that was like, look, you need to. You need to talk to your folks. I mean, they need to know where you are. And I said, nah. But because of the because you yeah. knew you would have to face yeah. your calling. Right, right. And wow. you know, my dad was a was a pastor and I felt like I had was a total embarrassment to them. So I, I just, you know, felt like oh, it was that was yeah. the best thing to do. Not knowing the the week that I decided that I was going to go see my father was Father's Day, 1996. And I said, we're going to go to church. And the car broke down, so we couldn't go. Not knowing, my mother told me this story later. She said, that Sunday, your father got up to preach. And he just stood there for like five minutes and didn't say a word. And we thought he was sick or something. We thought he was. We need to do something. And he said, "No, I'm fine." And he said, "He finally says he said, my son. I have not. I don't know where he's at. But the Lord told me he is coming home. I don't know how. I don't know where, but he's coming home." And my 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 mom said the church just went crazy just he didn't he didn't even preach that Sunday it just and then the next Sunday I I walked back in the church and uh when I man this getting kind of emotional for me uh when I walked back in the church it was uh I knew that's where I had to be and I told my wife, I'm moving out. I got a calling on my life. And uh, she didn't speak to me for like six months after that. 
Because she thought I was, you know. You were dipping on her. I was dipping on her, you know, or found somebody else cheating on her or something. And it was my father that talked to her over a period of time to get her to understand why I did what I did. And uh, she came back to the church, and she came to church, started coming to church, and uh, eventually, um, I mean, we never, we've been together since then because because of that, because we knew that's what God wanted. That's what that's who I needed to be with. Uh, and so, when when I <clears throat> excuse me when I when I saw what you were going through, I said, God can use anybody. It don't matter, you know, what they've done. God can use anybody if He can use me. If he can, if I could be sleeping at Lynn Park and did not know across the street is City Hall, and I did not know that one day I would have an office overlooking the park. Mm-hmm. So every time I get frustrated, I can just go to the window and see what God brought me from. Who am I to say that he can't, he can't use you? Who am I? Man. I'm sorry, man. You're here for something much deeper. Today, after about four years, I talked to my son. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I struggled. Yeah. Because I've been so angry. And I prayed on the way here. And I prayed. We were texting. And I said to God, I don't know that I can be the father. From the story of the prodigal son. Yeah. And he told me, yes, you can. And so I told him I love him. Mm. But I'm still angry. I didn't tell him I'm still angry. But inside I knew I was still angry. And that story just gave me the strength. I have a man, look, uh, me and my dad were total enemies. For a long time. And the one thing that restored me back was 
when I called him after four or five years of not speaking on not saying anything to him, I was, I had, just like the prodigal son, I had my spiel ready. Uh, but he was like, son, just come home. See, a lot of things can be said. A lot of things can be done. But, if you know, it's irrelevant when you want that connection. It's irrelevant. And when you want that connection with your child, with your son, nothing else matters. Whatever was done is done. Just tell them to come home. Yeah. Hi, I'm Danielle Hines, the owner and founder of Creed 63. Creed 63 is located in the Arthur Shores Law Center in the Birmingham Civil Rights District. Creed 63 does four things for small businesses and entrepreneurs. We have a podcast studio, co-working space, virtual offices, and private offices. Stop by anytime you are in the Civil Rights District to see how Creed 63 can help you grow and expand your small business. You can find us at creed63.com. We got a little <clears throat> theme that's going on this season. What makes you so Birmingham? Mm. Wow. This is my home, man. This this is it. I mean, I'm born and raised um, West End. Um, love this town. Love it with people don't even realize the passion that I have for this place. And I've had opportunities to go elsewhere, mm-hmm. bigger and better, but I, I turned them down. Because I believe I can do everything I need to do from right here. That's why. That's what I believe, and uh, I believe in this town. I believe in it. I know we got problems. I know we got issues, but I believe in this city. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Um, it's it's. When a when a when a shepherd sits down to ask, answer that question, mm-hmm. you know, they get a pass with me because you can't you can't be in your position without loving <laughs> the people of Birmingham because they give you every reason <laughs> not to. Yes, sir. You keep. A positive outlook, and you keep love in your heart. Yeah. How can people follow you on social media and watch the sermons on Sundays? Oh wow! Um, Facebook, uh, you can Facebook, Instagram, Twitter is all the same thing. G. Lewis Stanley. G. Lewis Stanley. Uh, you can watch me. Um, uh, Facebook uh, Live, we do uh, Victory Tabernacle, uh, Church of God in Christ, or on YouTube, Victory Tabernacle, Church of God in Christ, 1030 every Sunday. I've um, 
because of we go to church at 930. Right. And let out around that. I always peep you. I won't say always, but a lot of times if I am doing the online Sunday, if if I don't get up, (laughs) if I'm doing the the bed church thing on a Sunday, without question, I always go straight from 6th Avenue to watching you a little bit, man. I love the way you. Bless us, man. Yeah. Now, um, what is your favorite charity? Other than the mm. church, what's what's your favorite charity? Uh, I, I it has to be because uh, I spend a lot of time there. It has to be the Salvation Army. Okay, yeah. tell us about that. Yeah, I um, of course I I was homeless for a while. They helped me tremendously mm-hmm. um, during that time period, and so every year uh, we give back uh, to. The Salvation Army, whether serving um, in the facility or giving back to, uh, you know, we we we're gonna send a sizable check. But also, my thing is is not just to send money to an issue. You, you got to put your hands on the issue. Yeah. Um, and so that's what we do at at Victory. Uh, we we try to put our hands on the issue. So, you know, even this year we're, we usually um, reach out to the homeless population during the Christmas uh, season. Uh, this year we're doing something a little different where we're going. Uh, we've already started, but we're going. It, it's just not going to be in Birmingham, but we're doing the entire metropolitan area where we're trying to reach 1,000 families. Oh wow! Uh, with with toys and food uh, for the holidays, and uh, we've already kicked that off. Um, and uh, so, yeah, we we have been blessed. We've been blessed uh, to to have a sizable uh, grants and donations to us that that we're able to do this. That is um, here again, man. You could have, you could have tried to put that behind you, right? You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of people forget mm-hmm. where they were, and and not only do you use the park as inspiration for self. But you use what you've been through as motivation to help somebody else. Mm-hmm. That that it doesn't get more purposeful than that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Let me ask you, um <clears throat> Biggie or Tupac? Gotta be Pop. Oh, first of all, let me tell you this. Mm-hmm. If you don't answer one of these questions. <laughs> you get to give an extra donation to the Salvation <laughs> Army as a little inspiration to make you answer the question. But gotcha, they easy, gotcha. they easy. Michael Jackson or Prince? Oh. <laughs> man. That is not fair. Yeah, man. I'm actually trying to get a Ooh. donation. <laughs> I'm going to get one. <laughs> 
gotta go with Prince. Okay, yeah. okay. This one's gonna be easy. Mm-hmm. Alabama, Auburn. Oh, come on now. Bama. Alabama State or Alabama AM. AM, my money goes there. Okay. You made that was that was easy. Yeah. Usually that's yeah. hard for, for a pastor because the flock can go <laughs> either I, way. Listen, I got I got state and AM in there, but my wife went to AM and my son goes there now. So we so just nah. they just gotta understand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I tried I tried our salvation army. <laughs> Railroad Park or Botanical Gardens? Hmm. I, I, I frequent both of them quite often. Got to go with Railroad Park. All right. Yeah. Protective Stadium oh. or Legacy Arena? Oh, can I say neither? No. Yeah, you can make that donation. <laughs> I'm, I'm oh. trying. <laughs> uh, let me go Legacy. All right, I'm 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 finding a few angles I can turn some screws mm-hmm. around here. Crossplex or Legion Field? Oh, ooh, did we did we get him? Did we get him? <laughs> Gotta go Crossplex. Bathrooms are better. Okay. <laughs> Birmingham Zoo or McWayne Science Center? Uh, McWayne. All right. <laughs> Sloss Furnace or Vulcan Park? Sloss. Okay. Yeah. Love Sloss. You love Sloss? I do. All right. Um, hold on. I got a couple of questions. Now you I from, know where you're going with this, but I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. We're going we're in we're transitioning to the new season. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna have some new questions. Okay. So I'm gonna give you a few of these. Okay. What's your favorite color? Ooh, that's a great question. Wow. <laughs> yeah, these are all open ended now. I'm gonna have to say I don't really have a favorite color because okay. I I like to I like. I like a lot of colors. I wear a lot of black, and I so that's out. Okay. Uh, gotta say blue. All right. Yeah. What's your favorite holiday? Hmm. Resurrection Sunday. I I can't say that other Amen. word. Amen. Your favorite NFL team? How oh, about them Cowboys? <laughs> you know that. Yep, but I don't know your favorite NBA team. Oh, the Lakers. Oh, <laughs> we go we down all the way around. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And then finally, iPhone or Android? Oh, Android. Boom. Man, I can't stand y'all bougie <laughs> iPhone people. Now I got a, I have an iPhone, but I have an iPhone for for work, but uh-huh. you know, but I you prefer I prefer yeah. outstanding. Now, aside from what you guys, no, I want to ask you a different question. Mm-hmm. How are you going to reach out? 
to this society in a in a postmodern world and mm-hmm. you know like I was talking to my cousin just a little while ago like you know people talking about they you know how well I watch church on on online a lot of time them be lies mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. yeah. um I think we are farther away mm-hmm. than ever before I agree how 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 is the church dealing with that? I don't know if we are. Mm. Um, I, I I I I liken it to this. You know, I've all, I always tell my people at the church, even my I tell my wife this a lot. I'm like the stuff that you're looking at in this movie, or the stuff that you're doing on your phone now was created 20 years ago. Mm. Uh, it's just coming to the forefront now. That's Where right. the church is at is that we are doing things that uh, should have happened 20 years ago. Mm. And so we're always behind. My thing is, is that until we get to the point of this, just this one word, it's one word, and it, it's just really simple to me. It's called transparency. Mm. Um, it's not enough transparency in church. And that's why people don't want to go. Mm-hmm. Because if I can't tell my story to get you to understand that that was my story, but look at my story now. Yeah. Meaning that I'm not being arrogant about it, but I'm just saying, if God can do that for me, yeah, imagine what He could do for you. Right. I mean, that's simple, but we make it so complicated. Right. To the point that people, I give you a prime example that I, the Victory Tabernacle was not the first church I pastored. I pastored in Brighton before I was at Victory. Okay. And. That church, I can remember uh, past preaching Sundays with the roof caved in, birds flying over my head. Um, but people would come in off the street. I can remember a gentleman coming, and I was preaching. I was telling I was telling the congregation about cocaine mm-hmm. that. What y'all see on TV is not true. Mm-hmm. Cocaine is not white. It's yellow. Right. Uh, pure cocaine is yellow. Right. And uh, the white stuff, if you're using that, you need to stop. <laughs> People <laughs> was like, <laughs> right. <laughs> but he was like, that's it. Yeah. That's it. And he literally got up out of his chair and came to the altar, went in his back pocket, and start putting bags on the altar. Wow. And the people in the church was like, call the police. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I was like, no. Yeah. No, no. This is this guy is telling you he saw the light. He gives he got an understanding. He knows now what he's doing. He's gotta stop. Mm. We gotta embrace him. And so I was like, "Hey, man, I, I just want to, I just want to give you a hug." And I'm, I'm a big guy, 
guy picked me up, man, held me up like this. Wow. I was like, but he was just so excited to be to to feel free for the first time in his life. Uh, you know, I have so many stories like that, but it's just it's just that we gotta be transparent in the church, you know. And to a fault, I'm I'm very transparent and it makes people that are close to me cringe sometimes because I'm very transparent, but that's the only way I know how to be. Uh, because Man. that's how you're going to reach people. They need to see that you weren't perfect all your life. They just need to see that. Yeah. You are here again yanking some stuff out of me. Um, especially the conversation as it relates to being transparent. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm, I make my parents really uncomfortable. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Because they want to put that behind us. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Let's let's put that behind us now, mm-hmm. baby. We we gone from that. Mm-hmm. But like you say, that's what make what yeah. I'm hoping somebody will see. Whether it's on, yeah. you know, coming back to church, if it's you know drugs and alcohol, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I see something that I hope we can change, right? Mm-hmm. And that is the dude with the baggies in his pockets or, you know, whatever the 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 devil mm-hmm. in a person is, we make people feel as though they got to get rid of that first. Before they come to church. That's good. That's good. And my thing is, you know, I want people to know I'm still a sinner sitting right here today. I'm still trying. Trying. I'm still fighting to get through. I fight demons. I, I, you know, I I have personal issues Mm -hmm. that I I just shared Mm -hmm. a minute ago that I never would have imagined. Right. And the thing is, man, we got to stop making people feel as though they're under a microscope. Mm -hmm. Because the people sitting to your left and your right are sinners too. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody. And that kind of goes back to transparency. Yeah. That, you know. (laughs) If we would have really. If I got to be perfect to come up in here. (laughs) Who gonna come? I ain't coming. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not coming. And and as and as the church and as children of God, we got to stop doing that to people. Yeah. We gotta stop saying your sin mm-hmm. ooh, is bad. Mine ain't so bad. Mm-hmm. But your sin right. is bad. That's basically what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Now, I personally, I don't think I'm homophobic. Mm-hmm. But as a conservative black man, mm-hmm. I, I don't dig that. Right. But it's no worse than what I do. That, that's thing. my thing. Yeah. You know, we, we, we live in this hierarchy of sin. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. where, where yes. you know, mine is just a little white sin. Mine a little white lie. And yours is a big controversy. 
And that's that that transparency is kind of one of the reasons why I live my life the way I do. Yes, and I just preached that not too long ago. We live in a hierarchy of sin in the church where homosexuality is way up here, and we preach that till we blew in the face. Mm-hmm. And, and while we're concentrating on that, we're not talking about Big Mama over here who got a bad attitude. <laughs> right. I mean, or <laughs> or the, 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 the most um, wealthy deacon lying on his taxes. Come on. <laughs> you know, I mean, we're really. Not, we're like, not talking about that. Yeah, we don't, yeah. we're not talking about mm-hmm. those those things because that ain't nothing. Right, right. Compared to this girl having an abortion. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? But it's all, we all got to get over that stuff and, and come together as as a family, as a church, mm-hmm. as as the people of God, and say, look, we we here to love. That's it. And and lift one another up, and all the rest of that stuff that's between them and their maker. Love covers a multitude of sin. That's how I live my life, because everybody that comes in there, I I pretty much know what what they're going through, but love covers a multitude of sin. And if we can ever get to that point in the church, man, we'll win a whole bunch of people to the church because love is what's going to bring them to Jesus, not you condemning what they're going through. They already know they're going through that. Mm. You don't have to tell them. You got to tell them. They know it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, uh, I I love to smoke. You know, that's another thing, too, and and I don't mean to get on a tangent, but, you know, we— I tell people all the time, I don't I don't need another person in here to lie doing a testimony. Don't just don't just don't say nothing. Just don't say because, nothing. Because you know, if you say I, I hated what I was doing, a life was sin, I just No, you didn't. No, you didn't. I love smoking weed. Man. I loved it. Alcohol me and too. cocaine me are the too, best bro. things that have ever happened yes. to me. Do you hear me? Those are the best things that have ever happened to me. But <laughs> come on. Uh, uh, but a <laughs> month ago, I claimed nine years from it. Praise God. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, to sit up and act like you didn't love what you was doing, you I lied. Loved it, man. I loved it. <laughs> hey, that's how I got saved. I was. I tell people, I got saved smoking a blunt, listening to Mr. Big, Mr. Big. They call me Mr. Big. I am not joking. I was just saying in the little brief interlude that I am emotionally spent. It's all good. It's all good. But I am truly emotionally spent after that. I want to thank my my brother, my friend, uh, uh, a light in my life, Pastor Stanley, for joining us. I want to thank you for listening. And as always, a huge shout out to Creed 63, R360News, and UrbanHam.com. God bless. This podcast is being brought to you by Matt Mail Advertising. Founded by a father and son team, Lindsey McAdory Jr. and Sr., Matt Mail has helped small businesses, political candidates, and nonprofits reach their target audience for over 10 years. Visit MattMailAdvertising.com to learn more.